now, time for seafood news. Welcome back to the Seafood News Podcast. I'm Seafood News Managing Editor, Amanda Buckle. And I'm Erna Berry Seafood Market Reporter, Lauren Castiglione. This episode of Seafood News Podcast is brought to you by the Winter 2022 issue of Erna Berry's Reporter Magazine. The new issue is filled with can't-miss content regarding rising prices, adding more pressure to the markets. Keep an eye out for stories on how U.S. shrimp imports are in position to set another record and how crab quotas are slashed heading into 2022. Visit ernaberry.com slash reporter to read a digital copy or to sign up to receive your free issue in the mail. So we've been off for a few weeks because of the holidays, so it feels great to be back. I don't know if you feel the same way, Lauren. <laughs> yes, it does. New year, new me. New Actually, year. Actually, no, same, <laughs> same tired living in fear of COVID me. <laughs> oh, oh, we're going to start that. All right. Well, let's just, let's just dive right into this, Lauren. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> no, there's, there is so much coming up to be excited for. I mean, we've yes, got, there is. we've got National Fisheries Institute's Global Seafood Market Conference starting on January 18th in Orlando, you know, and, uh, we just made the January, 2020 GSMC right before the lockdown started. So <laughs> this is, uh, it's like, you know, I feel like I'm finally being let loose again. You know, this is my first time really traveling since the pandemic started. And I think it's the same for you too, right? Yeah. Same here. And I think it's safe to say that we're both a little nervous, <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, it's, it's, it's also exciting to get back out there. I mean, NFI did a great job last year with the virtual GSMC, but there's definitely something different about sitting in a freezing auditorium <laughs> and, and soaking in all that information in person, you know, I know we haven't had that in so long and, it, and I'm ready for it. Yeah. And then before you know it, we got the Boston seafood show, you know, and that's hard right. to believe that it's been two years since that convent, you know, we've been in that convention yeah, center. Crazy. Um, and it, I think it's going to be really inter interesting to see what that event is like this year. And for those who haven't been keeping up, uh, right before Christmas, Diversify Communications, who are the organizers of Seafood Expo North America, uh, they updated their website with some health and safety information. And like I said, I'm excited to get back out there, but there's something about being around so many people that has me freaked out a little bit. Um, because in the past, <laughs> you know, Boston Seafood Show has attracted over 22,000 people from around the world. I know it's it's an amazing show, but yeah, I, I feel your sentiments. Um, but they're putting in place safety regulations, and hopefully, we will all have a successful and healthy show. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they uh, you know after reading their protocols, I, you know, I definitely feel a lot better. I mean, everyone has to be masked up. Like if you are working as a janitor in there, if you're sitting on a, an exhibitor booth, if you're just attending, every single person has to be wearing a mask. And you have to also have proof of full vaccination in order to get in, you know, not even get a negative test. It's you have to be fully vaccinated. And that's actually part of Boston's. Uh, they, they started this initiative called Be Together. Yeah. So the city of Boston announced that starting on January 15th of 2022 to address the rise in COVID-19 cases and encourage individuals to get vaccinated, proof of vaccination will be required to enter certain indoor spaces in Boston. 
those looking to dining indoors or visit bars and nightclubs will be required to show proof of vaccination. Indoor fitness facilities and indoor entertainment, which includes movie theaters, music or concert venues, commercial events and party venues, museums and galleries, uh, professional sports arenas and indoor stadiums, and convention halls and exhibit centers, uh, performing <laughs> art. It's a very <laughs> yes, long list. I'm still going. Don't Sorry. <laughs> and bowling alleys and other recreational centers will also require proof of vaccination. So, if you're planning on doing anything, you're you're gonna need the the vac- the proof of vaccination. Yeah, which is funny because I'm like, uh, I'll find any excuse to avoid the gym. So I'm like, oh, masks and proof of vaccination? No way. But I'm like, <laughs> like max, masks and vaccination got to eat? I'm like, great idea. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Make it work to your benefit. <laughs> so uh, this new order is being rolled out in stages at Boston. So with people ages 12 and up, uh, they're required to show proof of one dose of vaccination by January 15th. And then people ages 12 and up must show proof of full vaccination beginning February 15th. Um, so that's why our, you know, the events in March. So everyone's going to have full uh, vaccination, um, by then. And then, uh, beginning Tuesday, March 1st, uh, they're even enforcing this with children, children between the ages of five and 11 must show proof of, uh, one dose of vaccination. And and then by May 1st, anyone five and up has to have full vaccination. And, uh, they haven't said anything about the boosters yet. So it'll be, uh, but that, that the boosters have to be tough to enforce because, you know, you have to get it after six months. I I think they're probably going to not be able to do that one, but right. So when everybody's packing up for Boston in March, do not forget your vaccine card or take a photo of it. Yeah, so we'll give everyone another reminder in March. I think leading up to it, we'll have every podcast sponsored by your vaccination card. (laughs) Pack it. (laughs) We're going to have like a Home Alone, like, Kevin moment as we're driving up to Boston. There you go. You know, that makes (laughs) me make a, I know Boston, uh, the Diversified also said no booth swag. But great booth right. swag would be a vaccination holder. Maybe we can get Seafood News podcast vaccination holders. That's on. a great idea. Yeah. But let's talk about something other than COVID, shall we? Um, there's a lot of happy news to kick off the new year. For example, Fortune International completed their acquisition of Ocean Harvest Wholesale. Ocean Harvest Wholesale was established in 1992 by Eric Tran. And the company, which is a wholesaler, importer, marketer, distributor, and processor of fresh and frozen seafood products, has a 70,000-square-foot distribution center in Houston, Texas, as well as a shrimp processing plant in Louisiana. Through the acquisition, Fortune International's Fortune Fish and Gourmet will now have direct access to Houston. In addition, the company will gain logistical efficiencies throughout all the states that they serve along the Gulf Coast. And while Fortune did not disclose the terms of the transaction, the company did confirm that Ocean Harvest Wholesale's name will be changed to Fortune Fish and Gourmet. In other good news, the Seafood Nutrition Partnership announced the results from their Eat Seafood America pilot campaign, which showed that for every dollar spent on ads driving consumers to buy seafood at retail, there was a measurable $9 increase in seafood purchases. The people have spoken and they want seafood. (laughs) You get seafood. You get seafood. Give the people what they want. (laughs) So uh, S&P, they created the campaign in 2020 to encourage those staying home during the pandemic to stay healthy with good food and nutrition in the eat seafood america page on their website included information about the benefits of eating seafood twice a week as well as game plans which 
I love a good game, game plan. <laughs> I need game plans for everything, uh, recipe ideas and more. So, uh, participating was as simple as eating delicious seafood to support fishing communities and then taking a picture of your meal and tagging it on social media with the eat seafood America hashtag. To further look at the campaign by the numbers, SMP received an overall 800% return on investment and was able to reach 4 million households. So in all, the Eat Seafood America campaign generated more than 1.6 billion total impressions. So finger snaps for the Seafood Nutrition Partnership. Uh, Lauren, let's keep the good news train rolling. What do you got? Shall we? Uh, I've got some good news out of Oregon. Despite some rough weather and worker shortages along the coast, slowing down the Dungeness crab season around the holidays, the 2021-2022 season has already surpassed the previous season in landings and ex-vessel value. As of January 4th, the Oregon Dungeness crab fleet has landed 12.8 million pounds of crab after the season started on time on December 1st. The current ex-vessel value of $63.3 million is above the $60.6 million for all of last season. Using a conservative, uh, conservative economic multiplier of two, it is estimated that the Oregon Dungeness crab fishery has already injected about $126.5 million into the state's economy this season. This year, ex-vessel prices at the beginning of the season started out close to $5 a pound, the Pacific States Marine Fisheries Commission, PACFIN, database shows preliminary average prices of $4.88 per pound in California, $4.91 per pound in Oregon, and $4.75 per pound in Washington in December. However, those figures will likely change as more fish tickets are recorded in the system. In addition to Oregon's more than $60 million in total value, PACFIN's early data shows crabbers in California added $31 million to the state's economy, and the ex-vessel value of Washington crab is $21 million. The Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife noted more areas off the Washington coast will open to non-tribal state crab fishermen in mid-January after coastal tribes have harvested their crab according to tribal treaty management agreements. And for our final Happy Seafood News story, the Norwegian Seafood Council said 2021 was the best year ever for Norway's seafood exports. The country hit both export volume and value records during the year, reaching 3.1 million metric tons, worth 13.6 billion U.S. dollars. Now, I want to highlight a few cool new products uh, as well. So we had the good news, and now we got cool stuff. Um, so we, got, <laughs> <laughs> we got cool new products, we got menu additions, and partnerships all in the new year. So uh, first up is our friends at Croy Arctic, who have partnered with health-focused online retailer Thrive Market. So eating healthy is a common New Year's resolution not personally for me, but for many. <laughs> and uh, Croy Arctic's recent partnership with health-focused online retail at Thrive Market will help more people access the responsibly raised Atlantic salmon in 2022. So the family-owned seafood company from Norway announced that their frozen Atlantic salmon fillets will be available in a 32-ounce bag through the membership-only website. Thrive Market has over 1 million members and offers multiple subscription options, including a one-year subscription for $5 a month and a month-to-month -month, uh, subscription at $9.95. And for every paid membership, Thrive Market provides a free membership to someone in need so they can access high-quality, healthy, and sustainable products. Now, through the partnership, anyone in the U.S. will be able to order Croy Arctic through Thrive Market. So that's pretty cool. Australis Aquaculture is kicking off 2022 with a refresh of the Better Fish, 
which is their flagship line of frozen fair trade certified barramundi. As part of the expansion and refresh, the company is introducing two new freezer to oven products, Tuscan Herb Butter Barramundi and Crispy Fish Tenders. The new Tuscan Herb Butter Barramundi features individually wrapped portions glazed in a buttery tomato, garlic, and chive sauce. That sounds great. And the new, it does sound good. <laughs> and I love the freezer to oven part of that. Oh, yeah. And the new crispy fish tenders feature lightly breaded hand-cut barramundi pieces that can be cooked in the oven or air fryer. Air fryers are still very hot right now. I got mine still going every single day. <laughs> uh, in addition to the new flavors, consumers can still buy old flavors like lemon herb butter and garlic teriyaki flavors. And the refreshed packaging and new products, which retail at $9.99, will be available across the U.S. at over 5,000 retail and club locations, as well as on Amazon. Yum. So uh, finally, on the plant-based seafood front, vegan fish options are getting a little more accessible in the new year. Green Monday's Omni Foods announced that their plant-based fish fillets will be available at Wagamama UK and Starbucks Hong Kong locations. Can you say that name again? I like that. Wagamama. Have you ever eaten there? Yeah. <laughs> it's the best. I uh, I don't want to brag, but I studied abroad in London. And, wow. Uh, I know, like no big deal. And I went to Wagamama's for the first time out there. And they have actually, so I'll take you there, Lauren, because they have a location in Boston and I'm dying to go back. It's, the food's fantastic. But anyway. All right, well, let's go in March. <laughs> so Wagamama's is celebrating veganuary. I'm not even sure. <laughs> veganuary. January, veganuary, veganuary, vegan, 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 it just sounds weird, veganuary, it does, <laughs> veganuary, mm. Wagamama's is celebrating the month <laughs> of January for vegans <laughs> with an exclusive new menu item, it's a uh, tempura F-ish, you know, it's like the, you know, the fake fish, and a uh, bang bang yaki emo, so the menu item, which stars Omnifish's filet, is available only for the month of January, and is the restaurant chain's Japanese-inspired take on the British classic fish and chips. We got a photo on Seafood News, and it looks delicious. Um, and if you're not familiar with Omni Foods, uh, their Golden Filet, it contains 349 milligrams of omega-3 ALA and is uh, gold-encrusted and succulent inside. They actually, um, the company initially started off uh, just focusing on um, plant-based pork, and then they, it was like Omni Pork, and then they changed over to Omni Foods as they branched out. Um, but their crispy, crispy fish fillet j takes just three to five minutes to cook, which is pretty cool. And, uh, they say it retains the flakiness and tenderness of real fish, which is also pretty neat. Um, and the item will, uh, not only be used for Wagamama's tempura fish dish, uh, but also for Starbucks Hong Kong's Omni Golden Filet Ciabatta Sandwich. Green Queen, uh, reports that this sandwich is part of the Chinese New Year festive menu that Starbucks is calling New Year, New Era. So uh, this past November, Starbucks actually added a Thai-style new crab cake to their menu, featuring Omni's vegan crab cake. And after the new menu item found success, Starbucks decided to partner with Omni Foods again for this uh, plant-based seafood sandwich. So I think that's kind of neat. Yeah, congrats to them. And actually, Lauren, while I was on uh, you know, our little holiday break here, I picked up at Costco. Um, they had uh, plant-based crab cakes from Good Catch. So I was like, and no, how, I'm going to get them. How'd you like them? They were pretty good. They, they did have like a crab taste to them, but mm -hmm. like we always talked about like, you, and we still haven't done it yet, but we always talked about doing a, uh, like a blind taste watch test and yeah, with the, with the watch us eat blind taste test and see if we could figure it, you know, figure out it, which one. And like I said, it tasted like it, but the texture just, it, the texture was fine, but it wasn't the same texture as like a real crab cake. 
Yeah, you'd think you'd be able to call it out. Oh, 100%. Yeah. You say that now, but we did that Skittles challenge, and... You're right. We all didn't do that great, so... If you're not familiar with the Skittles challenge, (laughs) look it up. Supposedly, the flavors don't match the colors. It was definitely... You You do a blind taste test to see if you can tell the flavors. I thought 100% would be the easiest thing. It is not. No, it was tough. Look, anyway. look at us branching out. We Skittle, die. We Skittlenews.com. <laughs> <laughs> and that does it for us. Thanks for joining us in 2022. See you back here next week.